What is up, ACL Nation? Welcome into episode seven. We're going to uh, go over clips from uh, Virginia Beach. I was going to say Upland, but we're not there yet. We're already past that one. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get things together, Mish. We'll kind of talk about that in a second, too. But here we go. Open number five highlights. We also have a segment that uh, you're going to help me out with, I think, Mish, because I definitely need it. Mindset with Mish. And then we also want to get into the sports betting and discuss the DraftKings odds that came out recently. So, Mish, I, before we get into it, I got this great idea, right? So I'm going to invent okay. this graph. It's going to be like a graph, and it's going to be squares. And on the left-hand side, I'll probably put like Sunday or Monday. And on the right-hand side, I'll put like Friday and Saturday. And then I'll coincide a number with it that we know what day of the week it is. And then you could write down everything you got going on. I'm going to invent this. This is novel. Novel idea. I've never heard this before. Yeah, I think that's going to help me out with my organization. So kind of off the air, we talked about it a little bit. I was like, all right, I'll be I'll be able to record. Actually, going back further than I was like, wait, I forgot today's Tuesday. I didn't know we were going to oh, record. Yeah. So I'm driving out to Winterfest. I about hopped in my car at like 7 o'clock in the morning and just took off. And then something hit me. I was like, whoa, you got to record today. So, yeah. What day I'm is little, it? Yeah, a little discombobulated. Uh, we don't have any interviews today, so I think that might be another thing that's kind of throwing me off. But um, I talked to you before the air. I said, I'm going to go to the post office. I'm going to mail this stuff out um, uh, for the prizes for the marble races that we did. Went to the post office. Drove right back because I forgot my wallet at home. So, oh, my goodness. Wally. Off I to can't a strong even start. with you. I mean... It's struggling. the struggle bus all the way. I, I just um, want to point out that even though we didn't schedule an interview today, I did schedule our recording on the calendar, invited you to it, and put what we're mm. going to talk about in the notes. That's what I'll call my invention. Calendar. I like it. <laughs> I like yeah. it. What a novel mm. idea. A calendar. Well, yeah. Wally, the calendar exists. It's time that you use it. Uh, you know, you what may if you make a book? And put a bunch of these little calendar pages in it with like times throughout the day, and I can plan my day better. You know, I was gonna say you might need a paper planner. I don't know. I, I don't. That's I a good idea. Paper. I'll call it planner. Just, <laughs> you also have this thing called a phone that has it in it. It's amazing. <sighs> it goes with you everywhere. And the sad thing you is, can is even, I use all this you stuff. can even you can use alerts in said calendar that will remind you to do things. Yeah, the, the sad thing is I use all this stuff, and that's kind of how I remember it. But it, it, I think it goes a little bit deeper than this. And this is something that you have been trying to help me out with, and I'm failing miserably. And I apologize, Mish, because it's not on you; it's on me. But it's organization and mindset, and just kind of getting my sleep patterns and eating better. I mean, these are things that I need to start slowing down and making a priority rather than what I got going on right now because hey. it's just chaos. But you kind of set me up because the segment we're going to do towards the end of the show is on consistency. And I'm not just talking about consistency in cornhole, like when you're throwing, but consistency in habits. So this should come into yeah. play. So we're going to talk about it. And I know you're not the only one. Like, this is probably the most common question I get. Either how can I be more consistent at cornhole? Or they say consistency is my problem in cornhole. And then on the weight loss side of things, people say I'm not good at being consistent with my healthy habits to get results. So definitely the word consistent is the one I hear the most in terms of right. being kind of a challenge. 
Yeah, I, I, I sacrificed my life for that intro alone just to make sure that you could drive home how yeah, important you're about to talk about. I get it. Yeah, and I appreciate the sacrifice because it wouldn't have had the impact had you not had that <laughs> part of your day happen that way. So yeah. thank you, Wally, for taking one for the team, everybody. Thank you, Wally. You're welcome. I'm here Way for to you. go. Way to go. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about uh, some things we have to brag about. And we'll be back right after this. All right, Wally, I've got something to brag about. I already know. It kind of goes, you already know. It kind of goes into why we had to record right now. And that's because in February 2021, I opened my laptop and ordered myself a brand new 2022 Bronco. So excited. My car for the record, which I'm not complaining about because it's been a great car. It was a truck. I've had my Toyota Tacoma since 2008. It is a 2006, has like 260,000 miles, runs great. No problems with it. It's a a Toyota, you know, (laughs) it has has its uh, ability to keep going. But I get a little annoyed with some things. One is it doesn't have a trunk. And when you go grocery shopping, it's really a pain in the butt. Number two, the dry or the passenger side door, I can't unlock. So I always have to go walk around to the other side and I don't have power locks. Yeah, right? when I, I was out there, I was like, where's your button? Like, yeah, there's no how button. am I supposed to get in this thing? You got to actually put the key in the door. <laughs> so like, and then all the like features that have been out, like in the last probably five to seven years, I've never had. So I'm just really excited to have a car in this time. And then it took so long for them to make my vehicle that they upgraded me to the 2023. So today my Bronco has hit the dealership. It is here. I can get to go pick it up later today. And you guys have big plans. Are you going to drive around and just enjoy the scenery and hang out with each other and maybe go get ice cream or something? I mean, what's <laughs> well, your plan for the vehicle? You're just going to pick it up today. and park it in the driveway, right? Kind of. I will say ah. that the dealership is like 45 minutes away. So that that part is a bit of oh, yeah. Koa. I'm sorry about that. All okay. right. So that, that part is a bit of a drive to get it from the dealership yeah. to here. But then I got to go pick up Rome from my friend's house. So. I can't yeah, just leave you'll there. get some driving in, but you gotta have fun with it though, Mish. Oh, I will, just maybe not today. today. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on the calendar where you want to have some fun. Absolutely. What One you thing got? I want to brag about, Mish, is the youth in cornhole. Oh, I don't know goodness. if you had a chance to watch this week. Oh, I watched it. But I'm disappointed that we didn't save the juniors championship for the grand finale. Ian <laughs> yeah. Cripps and Braden Wilson just put on a show. I was impressed i was actually impressed with this entire weekend um i think through day one maybe day one and a half i had over 50 highlight clips of just awesome shot after shot after shot Um, so it's going to make my job hard here in a couple weeks um today we're going over open number five and then next week we'll go over myrtle beach which again myrtle beach had a lot of highlight shots as well um talking about the high school and the college championships so the juniors though this last weekend just very very impressive Braden wilson um I've never seen him really throw before, but you know, Rich was in my chat just having a ball, just <laughs> just loving every second of this. I mean, but, he's like ten, correct? I think he's ten, yeah, from what I heard. And then Ian Cripps on the other side, uh, he shot great all weekend, and then made it all, all the way to the finals to take on Carson Getty. So I don't know. I, I 
I feel like my place in the booth is solidified now. I'm not even going to try and compete against these youngsters. They got all the time in the world to just play. It is a disadvantage. However, mm -hmm. there are some, I mean, disadvantage for us. There are some disadvantages in being a kid. And that's like, as they grow, think there are some, some things are going to have to change in their form. Like it's, it's not yeah. going to be able to look exactly the same. So they do have a few, you know, hurdles up ahead, but at this moment, like as they're, staying around the same size with the same strength. I mean, how do you compete with that? Yeah. And uh, another thing talking about this last week and to brag on is, you know, we've been talking about Carson all week, you know, basically all every single week, it seems like, and he, he paid off for us. Just, you know, congrats to him. Well-deserved. And it wasn't and he was situations so where he's like, Oh, he fell into it. Or the other player was off. He got some battles and stayed strong. Oh, yeah. He earned it, and he was so mad about his draft pick, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like this was kind of like a middle finger to like everybody that didn't draft him prior to. Do you remember what round he went? I think it was like seven or eight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was down there. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And then, so, uh, I mean, Nico won his bracket too. Another person I've been pushing. We had him on our show. So, Anybody wants to improve their game, come on our show. Although Katie did lose <laughs> his first bracket. Yeah, wait, wait a second. That, that was only Nico. <laughs> yeah, well, Katie did really a... well. I mean, he, he came all the way back, and um, that was a really close match. He lost to Caleb, Caleb Franklin to get to the final. So, Caden yeah. did throw well, and I know he would have loved to continue his streak of not ever losing in an open <laughs> before, you know, before the bracket's over, but come on at some point, you, you know, things yeah. are, things are going to happen. The yeah. It's very cool. impressive. I mean, I, I actually walked into the venue on single Sunday and you're not going to believe this, but he was wearing the Bacardi Jersey again. Wait, so did he wear <laughs> it the day before? No, he only wears it in single Sunday. It's only singles. Okay. That was my question yeah. because yeah. I know he, it's superstitious that the shirt mm -hmm. the outfit, it actually, but then I was thinking, wait a second, but he doesn't play just one day. Yeah. So he, he wore it and I was walking in and he's like, he's like, I got my Jersey on. I could have wore the canine Jersey, but I don't have it yet. <clears throat> and I was like, well, I don't want to give it to you and then jinx you and you not win singles. You know what I mean? I said, keep going. And then he lost. So I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Now, I don't now want to be responsible for that. It. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now I was like, that Jersey's done. Move on to the canine Jersey and just go back onto another streak of winning singles all the time. The door is open. Yeah. Oh, man. But have you played any cornhole lately? Me? No. I, th I threw there um, kind of like in between rounds during rounders. And um, nah, nah, nah. Not even close. Yeah. Not even close to where I used to be. It's it's sad. Like, I was really happy throwing an eight. You know, there's a couple times where... My release isn't there. My form's not there. My timing's not there. I actually had a little bit of fun um, during the sneak peek. We had a bunch of pros walking around. I was like, hey, show me your show me your technique. Show me your throw. I'm going to do the best I can at it. And I was actually best with baby goat's throw. So maybe I'll, I'll take over baby goat's tactics. All right. Well, that's a good person to uh, take advice from. He also had a good weekend. There was talk, though, about, like, is Ian Cripps going to take over that spot? Um, and I don't think – I mean, I think Ian had an, an amazing weekend, but I don't think we can strip the title from Alex off of one weekend. And some of the shots that Alex Hicks gets, mm -hmm. it's mind-blowing. 
Yeah, Ian looked very, very strong, but um, a lot, a lot of people are kind of concerned with Ryan Windsor and Alex Hicks, and I think Ryan Windsor stood out this weekend as well. I mean, high PPRs over the eleven, pretty much consistently, um, and then Alex doesn't show me anything that's slowing down. So I, I still yeah. think they're going to be one of the elite teams that we're talking about um, throughout this season. But agreed. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from Baby Goat yet. No, and they're still on my top 10 list in terms of doubles teams. So uh, I I imagine they're going to perform just fine. So no concerns there. Um, but in terms of my cornhole game, nothing to brag about there either. I actually didn't play on uh, Wednesday. I just wasn't feeling really up to it. And um, I was feeling off. And then Friday we played. And I did okay. Um, I do notice that I play the best with the Sorcerers. I didn't really notice that I played the best of the Sorcerers during gameplay, but when I went back and looked at my PPR when I threw those bags, it was higher, significantly higher than the other bags I threw on the night. So I've only so thrown them again the four times. style of those games, though? Was it, was it open board with the Sorcerers more, or did you just happen to kind of work out where you, you felt now, like you threw better? Yeah, it's an open switch. So there's not a lot of strategy that you're going to get from most of the players. Um, there's not like people are intentionally blocking or, you know, so it's going to be either an open board or an accidental miss or something like that. But right. that would be the same across all the games. So there wasn't any like real difference in the game. So I'm going to, um, I'm going to stick with the sorcerers for a while and see if I can get more comfortable with a bag. Cause right now I'm kind of, I call it bag dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't really committed to a bag. Um, it seems like things have changed in my throw and it's made me have to kind of rethink my bag choice. So yeah, I think I'm going to date the sorcerers right now. There you go. I like it. Well, we're going steady. I guess since you brought it back around to me, Mish, we are doing the BGK nine collab. So oh, there you go. Check out BG and pick up uh, some of the other bags. I do have some sorcerers available, so we'll see how I want to get rid of those, but mm. we got nine sets left. Interesting. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back to talk about some of our bets. Finally, we've got some lines to talk about, so we'll be back in just a second. All right, Wally, are you ready to talk betting? I am. I've been looking forward to this. It's actually kind of a bummer that I moved to Missouri because I can't bet in my state just yet. Um, but I could drive. We can't bet. We work for the ACL. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking like sports. <laughs> betting. And the reason I was talking about that oh, is in because, general. yeah, because the Kansas city chiefs are in the super bowl. So mm, I can't just got it, got place it. a bet on my phone. I have to drive 20 minutes down the road and, you know, bet on the chiefs to win the super bowl or lose. Haven't made my pick just yet. Okay. Oh, okay. No, well, we'll talk about that. Um, but I know first, before we get into um, the lines, we wanted to talk about sort of sports betting in general. Mm-hmm. So um, I know you have kind of a caution before we get started. 100%. Um, the biggest thing about sports betting or any betting in general is you got to make sure that you know why you're betting. You're you're betting for entertainment purposes only. You're not betting to come out and pay your mortgage on your house or you know, make your, your vehicle payment. You're, you're betting for fun and make sure that it stays that way. I remember I got carried away way back in the day. I used to bet $100 on every single game for football. So if you do the math, there's 16 games. That's $1,600 on just Sunday that I was betting on sports. And my income at that time was probably like $2,000 every two weeks. So 
there's a little bit of a gap there. You know what I mean? I was betting yeah. more than I was making at that point. I got extremely lucky to break even. I lost, I think it was 12 out of the 16 bets on Sunday. This was on my birthday, Mish. I went I went to the Rams game. The Rams were playing against the Cardinals, and I missed the over-under by a half a point. Oh, I missed no. the sports line by a half a point. Oh. And I had like 500 bucks in my pocket. Went to the casino. I had pocket kings playing Hold'em. There's like a $900 pot. It was getting crazy. There's four of us left. I went all in with my pocket kings, caught a third king. It was a king of diamonds. Guy flips over pocket aces, so I beat him. And then the guy who beat me to the right had two four of diamonds and ended up catching a flush. Two but four? He, two who, four of diamonds. Who keeps going on a two four? This guy, because he had a bigger bankroll than I did, and he wasn't oh, afraid so of me at like, all. he's just like, I just want to He's keep, a shark. You know I want to I mean? see the flop. I want to see the river. I yeah. just want to pay for it. Yeah, so for him, it was fun. It was entertaining. He was going to enjoy destroying my life, but for me... I was over here trying to make my house and my car payment. So at that time I was down like $2,800 going into Monday. And then, um, yeah. And again, I probably had 300 bucks to pay for it. And then um, I happened to do the pick em sheets, you know, where you circle the winners. And and I actually had a small gap where the Pittsburgh Steelers would have to win and they'd have to score between 32 to 36 points. Final score is 35 points. I won the circle pick em sheets. I walked away that weekend plus 50 bucks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You barely came out like by the skin of your teeth. <laughs> yeah. So I needed to call the 888 bets off um, or 1 800 bets off, depending on where you're at. But just again, caution make sure that you keep betting for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> Love it. I think that's an important lesson. Yeah. All right. So the first thing you want to talk about is lines. You're going to talk about it generally first. Yeah, so I pulled these uh, images from DraftKings, and you kind of see here what it – these are the main ones that you're looking at. You're looking at spread, total, or money line. So for this one, for the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs are taking on the Eagles. The point spread right now is plus one and a half. So we're going to get to the point in Cornhole where we start betting head-to-head. You know what I mean? It's, it's going that way. Once we get official scorekeepers and we get a little bit further into it, you'll be able to bet on head-to-head matches. So let's say Wally takes on Mish. Wally's favored to win by a point and a half. Mish would basically have to come within one point to tie. And then you get that plus 0.5 right there. So if if I beat Mish 21-20 and you bet on Mish at plus 1.5, you would actually win your bet. So the point spread is something that I think we're maybe a couple years away from in Cornhole because there are going to be that final desperation shot in the final round that, you know, might jump the point spread quite a bit so we'll kind of have to see how to play that next one is your over under you hear me talking all the time during the live feeds like okay guys over under 22 rounds or over under Mm -hmm. 35 total points scored Um, a lot of the bets they throw in that 0.5 just because you don't want to have any ties if you have a tie you get your money back if there's parlays involved which i'll go into a little bit later kind of throws things off and there's different rules for different betting sites so make sure that you understand all the rules and then finally, on the far side, you got your money line, which is basically saying, I'm straight up going to beat you. So if yeah. the City Chiefs cover the spread, you see it's minus 110 over there. And then on the far side, if they win the game straight up, they're at plus 105. So looking at this, it's basically telling me that the Eagles are favored to win this game. If the Kansas City Chiefs win, I bet 100 bucks, I will win 105 in return. All right. So the next slide, I kind of show it right here. 
Um, I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs plus 1.5. They're at negative 110. So on the right-hand side, I see I have to place a $110 bet. And that $110 bet brings me $100 profit. So in turn, I'll receive back $210. Basically, my $110 back plus the $100 profit. So just kind of be aware that's just a straight-up bet. There are what they call parlays. Again, not sure if this is going to enter into the cornhole world or not. But if it does, this is a chance for you to make more money. So same $100 bet right there at the bottom. I'm not sure if you can see it. Was it say 360 or 264? Um, 364, 46. 364. So we're on the other side. My $100 bet basically brings me back 100 bucks. This one now is going to increase my odds if both of these things happen. So I need the Chiefs, according to my bet slip here, to cover the one and a half point spread and score under a total of 49.5 points for the game. If that happens... I increase my profit. But if one of those go wrong, I lose my bet. That's called a parlay. Nada. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we've uh, got other type of betting's futures. This is basically. Yeah, we've got this coming up. Yeah. And we actually talked about some of this on around the ACL. We had um, Trey and Anthony kind of talk about some of the futures that they like. But uh, why don't you explain what that means so everyone gets it? Yeah. So futures is a bet that I'm going to place right now. And it's not going to pay me out until the end of the season. So I'm, I basically consider these investments. Um, you see Mark Richards and Philip Lopez there. It's kind of small on the screen, but I believe it's plus 300. Mm-hmm. So if I put a $100 bet down and they win this, I'm getting 300. For me, that's kind of boring for futures bets. I can, <laughs> yeah. I, I can set $100 aside, find it in the couch, find it in a pair of jeans, and be as equally excited as winning a $400 bet down the road. What I'm looking for is I'm looking somewhere in the middle or bottom of the pack, and I'm trying to figure out who is going to pay me big, who is going to be the grand finale. This is something that's a lot of fun to bet at the beginning of the season. Um, Example, for the Super Bowl, if you pick a Super Bowl winner, you'll get great odds. So let's take a look at who's near the bottom. Here we got what? Justin Stranger and Jeff Reynolds at plus 6,000, and Mike Frere and Cody Johnson at plus 6,000. So I'm asking myself, are these teams going to put together a strong, strong season to where they'll be in contention for doubles team of the year? I'm not really feeling too confident in that. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to try and hedge my bet. I'm looking around. Okay, Mark Richards and Philip Lopez are plus 300. So let's say that I I believe they're going to be team of the year, Mish. I'm putting 100 bucks on that, plus 300. That gives me three chances to find this home run. Okay? Mm Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to basically take that 100, set it aside. I have two more picks at who I think is going to have potential to be team of the year. And a big, big shot, I think, we kind of saw it this last weekend, is Peter and Moses Asueta. They're at plus, what, 5,000 okay. or 5,500? They are 5,500. So I, I, like this, I like this opportunity here for these guys. Um, to basically come out and give me a huge cash, huge payday. So that's my second bet that I'm making. My third bet that I'm I'm looking at somebody who I think is going to be a little bit more consistent and doesn't need to have these long shots going through the pro field. I'm probably going right in the middle of the pack here. Um, it, it's it's hard to go against you know Devin Harbaugh and Derek King. The way sure. Devin Harbaugh is throwing right now, and the the progression we hear from Derek King, that's going to give me a little mid tier payday. So. Three bets that I'm placing. One, Mark Richards, Philip Lopez, just to kind of break even. Big home run bet. And then I'm looking for a bet that I could still win and feel happy with by the end of the season. You know what I mean? 
The one that jumps off the page to me is the Damon Dennis, Jim McGuffin. Yeah. I think those guys raised some hell for a lot of teams, and it would not surprise me to see them win. And at 3,500, I'm, I'm not mad at that bet. And that was, that's a bet I would feel safe making personally. Yeah, going into the first shootout, they're definitely showing they can go through a pro field. Um, yep. So if they can go through an entire season that way, it's going to be strong. All right, we've got man of the year next. Man of the year, same thing here. So Mark Richards, Alex Rawls, Jamie Graham, they all went to the end of the season basically being tied for who is going to be man of the year, um, top person in points. I'm taking the same approach on this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and pick one of those three as far as who I think is going to win it. Um, in the the uh, podcast draft, I took Alex Rawls first, so I'm going to go ahead and put my money there. Now, in this situation, I'm not going to place $600 bet or $600 worth of bets. I'm going to probably take the same approach here. I'm going to place my $100 bet on Alex because I think he's going to win. I'm going to be looking for my home run hitter is who I can think is going to cash me out the most. And then I'm going to stay in the middle of the pack and pick somebody that I feel comfortable with. The person I feel comfortable with so far this season is Ryan Windsor. I feel like he's very consistent. He's showing me progression as well as being at the top. So I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing out of Ryan Windsor this year. Person I'm thinking as far as a home run hitter, um, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards Joe Nista down there at the bottom. I just like his odds. What we saw from him last year, I'm kind of surprised he's getting such big payday. And the one that jumps out for me, Kyle Malone at 3,500. That's the one that I would bet if I yep. could. I think if that's a safe bet. If I could. All right, now we got Women of the Year. So this one's a little bit different. This is the first time that we see a negative number next to somebody. So in other words, if I want to win $100, I have to place $350 on Cheyenne Bubenheim. So that just goes to show you how heavily favored she is to win this. Yep. And the risk is now on my side, not necessarily the DraftKings or Casino side. So am I willing to place $350 on Cheyenne to win it? I mean, not really. For Especially me, now with the carpet bag. Well, I mean, she's, she's improving her game for a lot of different reasons, and I think she's throwing the carpet bag to compete more with the men and the entire field rather than just the women's division. So that doesn't really affect Cheyenne as far as women of the year, in my opinion. And who knows? It's an experimental stage. By the time we get to this uh, you know, first national, she might be back to throwing her, her normal bag. But um, who, who really stands out to you here on this sheet? For me, I got, I got two of them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Rosie Streaker at 2,500 is a no-brainer. Yeah, Rosie Streaker, 2,500 right now. She is getting the best of Cheyenne. Um, and to be honest with you, I think she's kind of getting the best of everybody. She's throwing high 10s, <laughs> 11s, over 100-plus rounds. That tells me right there it's not a fluke. Or fluke. It's, no. it's legit. Um, so everyone kind of below that, I feel like they are all names. They all have potential. But I'm not sure. seeing them break through that barrier. So I'm not really wanting to take too many risks I think they're kind of just placing these best based off of name recognition. Um, mm -hmm. The other person that stands out to me is Kaylee Hunter there at plus 1500. I feel like Kaylee one, she has the drive for it um, Two, I, I think she is the most consistent as far as being able to compete against Cheyenne's playing style. Um, Cameron, another strong player. We saw Yeti just dominant this last weekend. So, you know, Yeti could be a strong pick at plus 1500 too, but, 
um, for as far as Cameron goes, I, I'm not really happy winning 800. I mean, I'm happy winning 800, but it doesn't really stand out to me as like, oh man, this is the bet I have to make, especially when I'm getting 2,500 bucks for Rosie. Yeah, absolutely. I also like Finley at 2,000. Yeah. Yeah, I picked Finley to be the number one uh, woman by the end of the year. So I might uh, go. I'd have to back that up a little bit and kind of look at her partner there. I'm sure she's happy with Rosie doing well, but absolutely. All right. So let's get into some real stuff. This is now. This is our next one. The next event we have, at least. Yeah. You guys notice we can't bet on doubles because uh, Ryan Wienfeld's age there. So. Damon Dennis, Damon Dennis and Jimmy McGuffin will take on Ryan Smith and Ryan Wiedenfeld, but not eligible to be bet on. And then you have your head-to-head action that we talked about. You're basically placing a $100 bet to win less than 100 on Jamie Graham, or you're placing a $100 bet to win plus 135 on Kyle Malone. So Kyle wasn't at this last Open. I believe he was sick. Um, does, that, does that change anything going into this shootout here in a couple weeks? For you? No, I mean, if he was sick, that's good that he's sick now because that means he'll be fine by then. I think that's actually uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll see. I- I'm actually thinking that I'm going to stay away from Kamala now because of it. Mm. I just feel like, I feel like the routine and everything might be a little thrown off right now. And um, we- we've talked about it over and over and over again. If that finals was taking place that day, Kamala's winning that hands down. But uh, I'm, I'm going to be leaning towards Jamie Graham here. And then with it being negative 165, that means I want to place a little bit more than $100 just to kind of break back into 100 So I probably will lay the 165 to win 100 Okay. And then women's? Women's uh, Cheyenne versus Rosie. This is interesting because Rosie has actually had the best of Cheyenne recently. Exactly. Cheyenne's going through her experimental stage. Do I want to place 240 bucks? to win $100 against Cheyenne? Or do I want to see what happens if I place the $100 bet to win $195 on Rosie? 100%. Rosie all day. I'm leaning towards Rosie here just because of the recent uh, domination that she's had over there in that conference. But um, the one thing that scares me, and it's not even fair, is Rosie's string of second places in the shootouts. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? I know, but that was last season. I know, but it's like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, the turn. Yeah, no, I think (laughs) I think that she's feeling those sorcerers. I think she's feeling confident. I think she's feeling confident against Cheyenne specifically. So I I like the bet. Yeah, this is gonna be different for me, Mish, because I actually get to sit back and watch. I'll be at home watching Cornell. There you go. Well, I'll be there. All right, so that's what we got on betting. We're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with some talk about cornhole consistency. All right, Wally. So when we <laughs> get get you, no, I mean here. Here's the thing with consistency. Um, when you have a bad day playing cornhole. Is that not the first thing that you think of? Oh, I just got to be more consistent. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, if if I would have kept doing that one 12-pack round every single round after that, it would have been perfect. <laughs> and then why? And I think the follow-up question is then why am I not more consistent? Now, that's assuming you're practicing. I, I think it's obvious. Like, if you just don't ever play, you're like, I'm not consistent and I shouldn't be consistent. And I, I don't think anyone has issues with that. 
I think where people have issues is when they do play regularly and they're wondering why the heck am I not consistent because I am putting the time and the hours in. Um, so I want to start there and then I'll go into how to be more consistent with your habits and practice and stuff like that. So when we're not consistent on the boards, there's so many factors as to what happens and what goes into that. And it is not just how many hours you practice. I know that's like the, it's such an easy solution in your head, right? It's no different right. than weight when people are like, oh, well, I just eat too much food and don't move enough. Like that's such an easy answer. I'm not saying it's easy to do, but it's an easy answer. And it quiets that part of your brain that's confused as to why something's not happening. Cornhole's the same way. Like when things aren't going away, we want to, we want to understand it easily. So we're like, oh, I just don't practice enough. I'm not consistent. And I just first want to point out, don't jump to those answers because what that does is shuts off the brain from any more problem solving as to what else it can. There's, it's, not, it's not always the case as the answer. So that's my first word of advice. Then when it comes to consistency, we have to remember that just because you do all the things does not mean you'll have all the things. <laughs> so right. the way that we like to work as human beings is like, I just have to do all the right stuff. And they'll even go to people and be like, what are you doing? Because I want your results. And then they're like, I just have to do all the things that person's doing. Then I'll have their results. And it's yeah, it's, it's not so the way that it works. compare because you, you can see the end goal when you do that way. Whenever you compare, it's like, all I got to do is exactly yeah. this. And then I get to this end result. But not the case, huh? Yeah. And that's, once again, that would be really nice because that makes the brain feel really good. Like, like, oh, I totally have a grasp on what's happening and I know what I have to do. And even if you don't do the things that you, you have comfort in the fact that you know what to do. And it once again, shuts off all of their problem solving of what else could be happening. Um, and this is a huge disservice to us because there's so much more happening because we're humans, not robots. So because we're humans, you can take two people, put them right next to each other and have them live the exact same lives habit wise. And they will have two completely different results because you have to input that, let's say, doing stuff into a body, <laughs> into a human. And then right. that human has all this other stuff happening under the surface that interacts with all the stuff that creates an output that you may or may not like. So there's there's really no way to say, oh, all you have to do is this and then you'll have this. Um, and there's also really no way to study the person that has what you want and figure out why they have what they want to a degree. Because you could, you could copy their habits, but you can't understand how they're feeling on the inside and, and then how to duplicate right. that feeling. So let me kind of put you on the spot here, Mish. Where's the beginning? How do I find the beginning of what I need to do? Like, what's my first step? The first step, once again, is to stop assuming you know, because I think that's where everyone, like whenever I talk to people, especially about weight, they're like, I already know what to do. I just don't do it. I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> it hasn't worked for you yet. It's not going to work for you down the road. Gotcha. But their response is, I'm not consistent with it. So this is why I'm kind of beating this drum, but like, I understand you're not consistent with it. And so it leads you to believe that that is the right thing. You're just not doing the things, but I'm, I'm asking you to take a step back and say, what if I didn't know? What if I didn't know? Okay. Yeah. Because now you have a different question. Now your question is not, why don't I do all the things? It's what are the things I need to be doing? Because I've assumed it's this. Now I'm opening it up to, it could be something else. Um, and that's a really important first step. Um, what else could be going on around here? The other thing I really want to point out is that once you kind of dive into that, um, be, be aware of energy because 
if you're practicing, whether it's doing all the exercise and the dieting and the calorie counting or doing all the practicing for cornhole, if you're doing all those things and you're practicing just to get the result, then you're in the wrong energy um, and it is not going to work long term. You have to work backwards. You have to say, what makes me feel the best? What makes me feel the most confident? What makes me feel the most grounded, connected, happy, present, whatever, and peaceful, whatever you want, okay? And then go, okay, and then what are the things I could do that could make me feel that way? And a lot of the times, those things are similar. Like, what makes you feel the most confident as a cornhole player, Wally? For me, it's only one shot. Like, I'm... I'm out there looking for that golf shot, you know what I mean, where I can walk away saying I had that one moment, not necessarily results as far as wins. I just want to have one shot where I felt like everything went how I planned it. And but what do you feel like form. what do you what makes you feel the most confident walking up to the boards? Like what would you have had to do beforehand to to prepare you to walk in and go, "I got this." I think it's just energy for me. I don't know. It comes and goes because I'm so exhausted all the time. Yeah. So I feel like whenever I go to a certain board, I just have a certain confidence and a certain vibe going to it. But it, it's definitely not the same every single time, every single match. That's because you can't identify what it is that makes yeah. that feeling, right? Right. Because a lot of people would say, well, I feel the most confident when I've gotten practice in every day. Then I feel confident walking into a tournament. So the difference in that is that you're practicing to feel confident, not to get the result. Does that make sense? Okay. I think so. So, so for you, if you're like, I don't really know, well, sleep might be one of yours, but because <laughs> if, oh, you yeah. <laughs> if you feel exhausted, that's obviously <laughs> one of the things. Yeah, it sounds interesting. <laughs> but if I was to ask myself, like, what makes me feel the best, just in general, as a human, um, there's going to be certain habits that I need to do to make me feel the best. One of those is uh, some kind of movement. I feel my best when I get some kind of movement. When I'm too sedentary, I don't feel good. So the movement is not to lose weight. It's not even to be healthy. It's to feel my best. Like I feel better when I check these boxes. So you have to kind of restructure the reasons you're doing something. And there's an energy behind that that's really powerful because it's supporting the human versus obsessed with the outcome. Yes. Yeah, so we'll basically try and figure out a way to take the mind out of it. Yeah. It's body. It's always body. Yep. It's always good. I mean, I did a whole video on how to get out of your head and the answer yeah. is to get in the body. Yeah. <laughs> so it's okay. the solution for everything because if you don't know how you feel when you're on off, whatever, then how do we even problem solve how to create that feeling consistently? Yeah, I was actually watching some of my throws and like I you'll kind of see here in a little bit when we go to the next segment, but I'm watching my throws and my releases and like it's never consistent. It's never the same. And then I watch some of these other pros and they're throwing, they're out there and the, in between they're just laughing and talking and but their throws look exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're sitting there thinking I need to put my thumb here and my release yeah. here or anything like that. They are just kind of letting the body take over. That's reps, right? So that yeah. would mean like your practice sessions wouldn't be to play better cornhole to win. It would be to get enough reps that I don't have to think about my throw, right? But once again, the reason why you're doing it is so vastly important. So when it comes right. to like being consistent with healthy habits, the why is the most important part. And if you're doing it to get a result or an outcome, it's dysfunctional. 
Um, kind of you just have like to the switch sports it. betting. It's kind of like the sports betting yep. we're talking about. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to bring it back to you, understand how you feel. And um, a big part of understanding how you feel and getting in the body is you'll notice, oh, I'm feeling nervous and I just gripped the bag a little bit tighter. But that subtlety won't happen until you start practicing being more in the body because then you notice, oh my goodness, I just noticed my whole body tense up. Obviously, it's going to impact the way I throw. So all of that is going to be crucial um, to help you become more consistent. All right, Wally, we've got highlights coming up next right after this. All right, are we ready to get into some of these? I think so. Let's start. This is going to be kind of fun, Mish. We're going to mix it up a little bit. Okay. Things All right. With your boy. Okay. So, yeah, this first Six. one, this Let's first go. one is Wally. This is me. Look how good I look right there, Mish. Got everything set up so right fly. here. K9. Yeah. Throwing against the, uh, Chris the uh, college boy right there, Chris Fagan. Perfect bar of soap opportunity coming up. Everything's set confident? up for me to collect Are you big confident? Bowl. Oh yeah, no, that was uh, real close, Wally. Off the back. <laughs> so this is oh, going to be the death goodness. of two things: the death of Mishdit. We're not saying that no more because you said you fixed that. Yep, I don't go off the back very much. And and I, and I'm not throwing on broadcast anymore. We're done. Because that. <laughs> <laughs> that is now committed to memory for everybody. <laughs> but look, I got a smile on my face. Yeah, you look happy. I mean, I, I definitely fun. got that going. All right, we got number five. Number five here, this is kind of what we're talking about. Uh, you know, we got Cheyenne versus Kaylee. Who are you putting your money on for the futures? Kaylee's, you know, she's she's got a smart game plan when she goes into these matches. And this shot right here, I'm just not convinced that it's not luck. I feel like a lot of pros are starting to hit that short airmail drag yeah. where they're throwing the bag a little bit shorter and they're clipping that front bag, which is changing things up a little bit. We're going back to the blocker being the important bag now, you know? So, so you don't know. think she hit that just perfectly on purpose? No, that's what I'm saying is I think she went after it and she hit it on purpose. I think she adjusted okay. her throw because we talked to Caden about it. And Caden yeah, was like, I don't, I'm just going for a normal airmail. Yeah, believe. he did say that. I, uh, that's a good point. I wonder if that is the case. or Because well, I know for me, if my bag's in front, I'm going mm-hmm. for a regular airmail, but I'm, I'm in my mind okay with a short airmail, right? Because yeah, obviously like, I'm protected. I think I'm, I'm mentally taking a little bit off. Yeah, know? for yeah, sure. So. I just kind of want to get that shot in there to kind of bring up that debate. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, and then um, oh my god, Jimmy McGuffin, Jimmy McGuffin's airmails. Jimmy McGuffin. I mean, this I could not get one. You know, I could not just get one in there. I also wanted to get Gerald on the other good side. Good Gerald shot. Gerald <laughs> shot phenomenal all day, going very deep in the seniors division. But then you can't <laughs> stop Jimmy's airmails. <laughs> Like the the um that middle one, this the one rodeo. right here, where there's so there's a bag hanging over the hole, and then there's and then he has his other bag on top of that bag. That is such a uh, setup to go very wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that 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 is not necessarily just because you hit that bag, they're all gonna fall in. Like this is such a beautiful. <laughs> ex- you execution see, of this. You see, he stepped himself out a little bit and angled it just to. The, the ability to go and just ride I mean, all those one, bags in, but the speed too. You can't throw this, this in any harder. You just loft it. This one kind of hit. Yeah, it hit like the other bag and then roll, kind of mm-hmm. rolled its way through. That was a super short airmail. I don't know if that was necessarily intentional, but. Very impressive, Jimmy McGuffin. I mean, very impressive. I mean, he's one of the beat. best air, 
airmailers there is for sure. Yeah, and then uh, this is kind of the debate. You got uh, Devin Harbaugh, Mark Richards, you know, Alex Rawls. We've got all these players at the top. Who is going to be the player of the year? So I wanted to make sure that we got some clips of Kaylee, Dame, uh, or not Damon, Jimmy, you know, Mark, and Devin. But look at this. We got the short airmail again from Mark. Yep. And then uh, he's going to introduce us to something a little bit different here. You can see he changes his release, his technique, a little bit more flick on that wrist a at the roll, end. A Mark Richards roll. And we got a Mark <laughs> Richards roll bag. So let me, ask, a, let me this, ask you this. How long until uh, that becomes a consistent part of his game? Man, I, I'm glad he uses it sparingly right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, the guy is so good at executing, and if he puts his time into any shot, he's going to get it. Like, it, it's just inevitable. Yeah. Yeah, so you give so, him the entire season. It, it's weird because I got him at number one. I could see Devin Harbaugh being number one, and then yeah. my first pick for the fan or for the uh, fantasy draft was Alex Rawls. So it just goes to show you, I don't even know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's. A, I think Alex Rawls is a super safe pick, though. So I mean, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I do know is it's going to be a fun season watching these gentlemen. Okay, the, this is my favorite. What are you doing, Mish? You can't what? put this in there. This is my favorite How ever. You? Hold on, hold on. We got to set this one up. Because I have to tell you that when Jacob Trzinski posted this on Facebook, I was sitting by myself on the couch. I saw it. I watched it like at least 10 times. And I was laughing so hard. And then I showed like Nick or someone. And they're like, oh. And I was like, what? Like, am, am there something wrong with me? Why do I find this so funny? No, J- Jake Trzinski is one of these players who like Mario Kart and like twist his body however he wants. And he goes back to the board. <laughs> He does. He does the splits. He I think he titled splits. it the least athletic thing he's ever done. He said, "Like, well, the splits part was impressive." Yeah. <laughs> I, I commented there. I said, "Oh, this is going to be on the highlight clip." But, oh, it's like a lunge. <laughs> but I didn't want to just do him dirty. I do think that this man has some skill. I want to make sure that we showcase oh God, it here a little it. bit. Taking oh, on Caden so Allen much. here, um, and this this round was just determined to get ugly. These guys just kept putting oh, bags yeah. right around the hole. Things weren't falling. Jake right there is like, come on, what do I gotta do? Like, I got to do? Yeah, and then you feel like this is going to be impossible if it's plugged, right? He's got his bag yeah. right there on the right-hand side. Yeah, because you see, I think it's 17-6, it looks like. So he's he's got to basically go in the hole with these other bags, hits the airmail perfectly, gets them all to go, gets the acknowledgement there from Caden. All right, good shot. Yeah, I guess that's pretty okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I still like the first part of that clip though, a little bit better. Oh my god! Wait right. one more time, one more time. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. I love it. Oh, Jacob. Oh man, I love how the guy next. I forget. I don't know who's throwing against him, but like he's just like looking at him. Like, like, are you okay there, dude? Like, yeah. Look, shout out by like, the way uh... to uh, Wu Ho Cornhole and Tornado. If you guys aren't already following, <laughs> make sure you follow them. This last clip is a little bit long, but. Okay. I felt like we spent the first couple episodes not really bashing, but bashing on Alex Ross because it seemed like <laughs> he was at the butt end of all these shots. That's true. Um, he had a couple bad, bad uh, representations there. Yeah. So there you see he's got the hard push, collects multiple bags, and leaves Fisher's bag in place, creating big points right there. Um, but Alex Ross was able to come back and win the Virginia Beach Open. And I also wanted to, of course, get my boy on here, Jeremy Frazier, one of our other up-and-coming players. He's a he's a person who I might be looking at as far as futures player of the year, too, with his progression. But these guys, just no nonsense right here. You can Airmail see, show? 
a very underrated part of Alex's game is that blocker. Um, yeah. We should be able to go back and see a little bit here, but he he put that blocker in place on purpose with the intentions of throwing his bag two, three, and four airmails over the top, depending on what Jeremy did. Yep. Jeremy didn't back down from the challenge at all. They just kind of wanted to go six airmails in a row to close out this round. Trevor Brooks was on the mic with me calling this one. He's like, oh, they show me something. They're showing me something. Yeah. I like to see Going it, back so. to that um, block placement, it comes right after this collect. After yeah. This so one. this is one reason why I took Alex Rawls first is just because he is doing a great job of controlling how the rest of the game is going to get played. Right Watch here. this high release. Took a little something uh, off of it. Yeah, perfect just placement. perfect. It's, yeah. And, and I, I don't know if everybody understands, maybe they do, how difficult that bag is. Mm -hmm. That that block is so difficult, um, and he executes it perfectly. All right, Wally, we did it. We made it through the show. All right, well, I'm going to try and make it through the week. I'm going to take some <laughs> of your advice. I'm going to apply it to myself at uh, Winterfest. We're going to get a game plan. We're going to trust the process. I love it. Get in the body. Get in, in the, the body. body. <laughs> all right, guys. That's all we got time for. We'll see you all next time.